When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lumos. Lumos. Lumos! Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Sir Ezra the Watchful, History of Magic, Professor, the Flannel Wizard, obviously, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, my wonderful co-host, and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Einen wunderschönen guten Tag. We're so happy you are here. Come on in, make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 56 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will talk about chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Talons and Tea Leaves. As always, we'll start with our cottage catch-up, train you and ourselves for future trivia nights, and do our best to learn more about magical and fantastic beasts. I am out of breath. Wow, <laughs> yeah. You know why? Sometimes you, you're on a run, and then you're you just gotta go. Right, you're on a run, but you know, I think the reason why you're out of breath is... Because we of you. well <laughs> hey now watch this <laughs> wait uh, it's true i know i know i'm dazzled. sorry go oh, ahead okay <laughs> um <laughs> I, the reason why you're out of breath is because we are pulling a hermione right now true. as we speak we've actually already recorded the chapter uh-huh. we've gone back in time right we've recorded chapter seven to... now we're going back to chapter six yeah crazy actually we just used a time turner and we said ba-boom ba-boom we're back so it's been kind of a crazy uh mm-hmm. event but it's because we have special cast oh i mean this episode is going to be great but wait for chapter seven it's my favorite episode so it's ma- it's magical Sorry. you guys it's literally so magical we've already <laughs> recorded that and i just can't wait hey stop mocking me no i'm being serious I, okay, okay you think that was mocking you you just you watch <laughs> you watch <laughs> okay i'm done i'm done i'm done all right, all right, all right. okay well, hey how are hey how are you, how are you i doing? am great yeah this is my first bite of anything that has a little bit more sugar okay don't freak out guys yeah we are. We want to just quit sugar for like two weeks and just reset our taste buds uh-huh. and help, you know, those little friendly gut bacteria. And yeah. if you have too much sugar, sometimes that the the bal- it's out of balance sometimes. Yeah. So it's just yeah. an experiment. Um, and with the start of our summer break, we don't have to go to work. I mean, we do this work, which is the best kind of work. Right. Uh, but we just thought it would be a great time to try this. And today... I made sometimes they're just 
There's just leftovers in the fridge. It's a potion, you guys. <laughs> you got to throw them potion. all together and hope they taste good. And boy, and that's did, what it. It did it. Would you go ahead and tell people what was in it? Just go ahead and tell people what was in this and see if maybe they can recreate it or if they would like to. Because I'm okay. telling you right now, it was tasty. Very, mm-hmm. very, 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 very tasty. Okay, so we had rutabaga, which is supposed to be a root vegetables, but doesn't have as much starch like potatoes, right? Yeah, yeah. So rutabaga, fennel, Mm -hmm. and green asparagus. Right, with some broccoli. And broccoli. Right, because we had some leftover broccoli. Those are the vegetables. And then throw some shrimp in there. Yep. And then some red uh, Thai curry paste. Thai curry paste. Coconut milk, Uh uh, tamari sauce. And what else? That's it. A little bit of garlic. Oh, yeah. And lime juice. And lime juice. The lime juice was the kicker. Really? It tasted so good and fresh. And it's super filling. But yet, you don't feel like super weighed down. You know, sometimes you eat a soup and you're like, man, that's sitting heavy. No, this one is light. They're nice and light. This is great. And for breakfast, we just had eggs and avocado and... Some vegetarian sausage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. really good. And now I, f- I just feel like a little k- tiny bit of sweetness. Hey. So I'm having some blueberries. I only had like a third of a cup of berries too. I just want mm-hmm. you to know that. All right. Now, normally I smother them with cream, peanut butter, maybe some coconut cream, whatever. Normally go crazy. Mm-hmm. But none of that. Just straight berries. And I was very proud of myself. Yeah. And after having so many loco <laughs> <laughs> berries just taste great they're just sweet without adding anything uh-huh. after after a day of having just low-carb foods berries just taste sweet on our, on their own yes they do so they're great just recommend and try it i think yoda would say once you start down this path forever will it dominate your destiny That's so true Crazy though, yeah. Because I have, I, I like the my friends from years ago wouldn't believe what I eat nowadays. Largely mm-hmm. vegetables. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the joke was sort of like, I was eating way too much protein. Different than not. Some of you out there are going like, hold up. Depending on who it is, like, whoa, can't get enough protein. Some people are like, wait, why are you eating protein? It's crazy. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. Food so, is almost like a religion. Yeah, it's just it's wild. I'm just trying to eat something yummy, uh, get me through the day so I can. Make all this yummy content that I want to make. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, what else? That's pretty. Yes, yeah, so we just got back from um, big trip yesterday, and we've been doing that. Really, today was the first day that we've got a gotten into our summer break, mm-hmm. and just had a, like a, like a relaxing morning. So that's been nice. Um, and actually, this isn't going to come out for a little bit. So thinking yeah. about that, this is probably. Yeah, we're like a week. When you listen to this, if you listen to it on time, it's going to be like we're weeks back. So it's crazy. <laughs> Right, because we're like we're recording and we're even doing like a two-parter episode and yep. stuff. We're going nuts. Yep. Which I love. Me too. So we have a good chapter today, though. I mean, really, I I love divination, and I cannot wait to kind of talk about Professor Trelawney because me too. I stick so up. I stick up for these professors mm-hmm. who you know they don't get as much attention, or people think they're goofy, or we just see them through Harry's glasses. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. But anyway, yeah. Um, anything else we're missing? I don't really know. Well, no, of, life's good. Life's good. Yeah. Just being a teacher in the summer, the reason why or the method they use to keep teachers in their jobs is summer break. Because every yeah. summer break, you're like, oh, I'm not quitting. 
It was great. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But like around fall um, and then around like late uh, winter, basically teachers are like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm d- no, I'm kidding. It's yeah. it's a rewarding thing, but it's yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like just like every job comes with all sorts of stressors. You know, See. you start thinking about, oh, wouldn't I, you know, maybe I want to go uh do this. Well, I, we often talk with our custodians about this. I love mm-hmm. our custodians, and there some days they're just like, "Man, I wouldn't mind just popping in the classroom there and and uh, putting on a film for history class," you know, because <laughs> 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 they see us do that, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, "Man, I wouldn't mind get on there on that on, on the mower and just mowing a little bit and stuff." And it's just you always think the grass is greener on the, on the other side of the Absolutely, fence, and yeah. everything mm-hmm. kind of comes with its own stresses. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, do what you do what you love, you know, but. Okay, though, not much going on. Oh, we had a we had, hey, we had a really good fun time with our patrons. Thank you to everybody who oh, popped right. on there on Friday. Wow. Yeah, because like so much has happened since that. It, I, I mean, a whole like couple days worth of oh. stuff, and and I it was a whole day but, has passed. A I whole can't remember. <laughs> really though, I mean, because we recorded before that, so sometimes when we have these yeah. episodes where we record, it feels like that in of itself is a whole day because we record for almost two hours and it's this big experience or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was great. We had, we had some fun there. I think we, we had played a, a few games, got to know each other and I was just, uh, I was having a blast. So I think Scribble is now my favorite game. Yeah. Scribble is cool. It's like an online, uh, Pictionary game. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And we did Harry Potter style and, and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings style and just regular words. Right. You just had to, so it was somebody's turn. You got to pick between three words click and then we'd start drawing and we would we'd have to guess we could right, type everyone, in there yeah. there's clues i mean i'm sitting there just like yeah i forgot that the top it showed you the clues <laughs> yeah, i know and, and there was like three letters three and, letters uh, and i'm over here typing like 15 fi- yeah <laughs> i was i was way off they were like aren't you looking at the at the clues i'm like i'm looking at the drawing what else are you to be looking at so i got a little crazy but thank you to everybody who does support the podcast um in the future we're gonna try to do something more for our european time zone which right. would be kind of like Sorry, earlier. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, kind of like earlier in the day on a Maybe Saturday. Maybe on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so it still would be, it would fit for us here. And then we could kind of get an hour or so in with some folks who were staying up a little bit later over in Germany or Europe somewhere. Yeah. Which would be fun. Yeah, we'd love to do that. So Okay, Um, today I only have one question for you. Okay, give and it to it's me. It's kind of random. But if you've read the chapter, <laughs> oh, I know the answer. No, no, you have. You have not even. Lo- you've not done anything. You have not. I just read the question, and <laughs> y- I, you've not typed out the answer or anything. I can't see anything. Okay. So read read me the question, and I will answer for you. Okay, can't wait. Which pages of Unfogging the Future are used to interpret the tea leaves? I feel like it's either five and six or six and seven. Well, you got to pick. Five and six. Pages five and six. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the only reason I thought so is because we are on chapter six. We just recorded chapter seven, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, five, six. Oh, really? Seven. It stuck out to you? Yes, it stuck out to me. Honest to God. So that's crazy nice. that, that you that you picked that because uh, we, we were listening to it earlier today, and I don't know why. I was like, oh. Or was it your inner eye that told you oh. Lottie's going to ask that question? <laughs> oh my wizard god probably probably because that's just um i think i i think i am a seer i i mean you might be i kind of think i am really oh is that is that why you joined swish and flick 
back in the day because you is. saw I it would connect you yes. to your yeah. soulmate. I yes. That I mean, very sweet. honestly, I did. <laughs> I did foresee greatness, and we. And I even in the next episode. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. I guess you'll find out later. But we. Uh, I do talk about that a little bit. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Yes, you did. Yeah, can't wait for folks to. Yeah, hear the next episode. And this one, come on, let's get through it. Let's get into it. That's a okay. great question. Sounds good job. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay, on good to Good job our... on you. I mean, that is a detail not everybody would remember, so. Yeah. Well, I just read the chapter, though. Most people, <laughs> like, get, when you just read it, it's it's not super hard. But if you're like, how? Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. you just, just heard it. All right. Okay. What? You rescue these creatures? Yes, that's right. Rescue, nurture, and protect them. I'm gently trying to educate my fellow wizards about them. Come on. Today's magical beast is kind of cute, kind of funny, but also mm, don't get stung too much. Beware. Okay. Um, this week, we'll take a closer look at the billywig. It has a classification of three X's, and the billywig is an insect native to Australia. Shout out to my brother and Kara. Wow. It is around half an inch long and a vivid sapphire blue, although its speed is such that it is rarely noticed by muggles and often not by wizards until they have been stung. The billywig's wings are attached to the top of its head and are rotated very fast so that it spins as it flies. At the bottom of the body is a long, thin sting. Those who have been stung by a billywig suffer giddiness followed by levitation. Generations of young Australian (laughs) witches and wizards have attempted to catch billywigs and provoke them into stinging in order to enjoy these side effects. Though too many stings may cause the victim to hover uncontrollably for days on end and where there is a severe allergic reaction, permanent floating may ensue. Dang. Whoa. Dried billywig stings are used in several potions and are believed to be a component in the popular sweet fizzing whizbees. That is amazing. And if you've seen these, this looks like, uh, it looks like the thing that we saw in Fan- Fantastic Beasts, right? right? They it's- were, um, in 1926, several billywigs escaped Newt Scamander's suitcase during his visit to New York. Yep, we saw right. them in Fantastic Beasts. And they look like a little... They're cool. Mos- blue, large, mosquito-type mm-hmm. insect. But the the wigs, uh, the wigs, the wings are um, on coming out of the head, kind of. And then they rotate like a, like a helicopter almost. Oh, wow, I just noticed mm-hmm. that. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Fizzing wispies contain dried billywig sting. Yeah. Ron mentioned it, that you can... Buy them in Honeydukes, and they are large sherbet, sherbet, sherbet balls mm-hmm. that would cause a person who sucked on them to float a few inches off the ground. So it makes sense that they would use some Dang. kind of ingredient that contains billywig sting. I'm just thinking, what could you use that for? You know, I mean, just I know. Is there some practical? Kind of cool. Yeah, use in terms of just floating somebody. It'd definitely be fun. Maybe if you needed to push somebody along and you, you just needed to get them off the ground and you wanted them to flow a little bit and they were unconscious or they were sick and you just oh. like, hey, quick little sting here and then mm-hmm. let's get this guy home. I mean, if the night bus is not available, maybe we, we got we to gotta haul him back ourselves. Can you just Wingardium Leviosa someone Okay, else? okay, okay. No, can, you, uh, can you Wingardium oh, Leviosa yeah, someone sure. else, like a person? I, yeah, I bet you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It might be harder though for young wizards and witches to... Well, it also could just be that we have a squib out and about there. Who needs to use it? Whoa. So, who knows? You know, know, as a squib, I would probably try and 
gather as much magical plants and magical creatures as I could Mm -hmm. just to surround myself by magic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, One more thing where we hear about the Billywig is when Xenophilius Lovegood used the Billywig wings for his recreation of Ravenclaw's diadem because he believed they induce an elevated frame of mind. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. Yeah, the Lovegoods are interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So uh, question always is, do I, would I like to have one? And I think if they were flying around my garden and we're good, I mean, absolutely. It doesn't seem like the sting, yeah, they look pretty. It doesn't seem like the sting itches or causes rashes unless you are allergic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, you just get a little giddy and... You get a little, okay, hold on a second. (laughs) So... You're saying I, I come home from a rough day, right? Uh, <laughs> history professor, nobody's paying any attention in class. So I roll home and I'm like, look, I just need a quick sting, a uh, light little giddy buzz, and I'm going to float around my garden for a yes. while. Like, yeah. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds pretty good. I'll I have mean, one of these bad boys. Okay. And actually, it's called a Billy Wig, and I'm Bill. So, <laughs> right? Makes sense that I should have a Billy Wig. Yeah. yeah I like yeah, it. You thought that was funny. That I, was I like when I make you laugh. <laughs> Uh, okay all right so uh with that i think we're right on into the chapter sounds good let's hear it all right here we go chapter six talons and tea leaves it's the first day of school at hogwarts and ron harry and hermione's first day as new third years they are excited to start two brand new subjects today divination and care for magical creatures hermione's schedule is jam-packed and ron can't believe his eyes when he sees three different subjects all starting at nine o'clock on her timetable hermione waves it off and assures him she and mcgonagall have it all sorted out After breakfast, they climb staircase after staircase to get to the divination classroom located in the North Tower. The three have never been in this part of the castle, and they quickly get lost in Hogwarts' endless amount of passageways and staircases. Thankfully, the portrait of the short and somewhat dramatic knight Sir Cadogan is eager to help them out and leads the way to the divination classroom by jumping from portrait to portrait. The trio arrives at the trapdoor through which the silvery ladder descends to let them in. The classroom could very well be the inside of a large fortune teller's tent. Crystal balls, teapots, armchairs, and poofs decorate the room. Professor Trelawney introduces herself and the school year's syllabus. Then she makes a couple of quite accurate predictions about some of the students before they all get together in pairs and read each other's tea leaves for the first time. When Ron and Harry try to interpret each other's tea leaf patterns with the help of the textbook, Trelawney floats over to their table to help them. She lets out a scream when she sees the grim in Harry's teacup, an omen of death. Hermione is very skeptical towards the art of divination, and even Professor McGonagall assures them in Transfiguration that Sybil Trelawney likes to greet the new third years by predicting that one of them will die. None of them have died yet, so Harry need not worry. Ron is horrified when Harry tells them at lunch that he has actually seen a large black dog during the summer. Ron and Hermione get in a fight over the accuracy and seriousness of divination, and don't talk to each other on their way down to care of magical creatures. Hagrid is super excited to teach his first lesson, and leads them to the paddock near the forest. The Gryffindors and Slytherins follow him. Harry can tell that Draco and his gang are already plotting on how they could best sabotage Hagrid's class. Hagrid introduces hippogriffs, creatures that have the back body of a horse and the front body of a giant eagle. They look majestic but dangerous, and the entire class is hesitant at first to come nearer. Yet Harry wants Hagrid's first lesson to be a success, and agrees to get closer to the hippogriff. Professor Hagrid explains Harry needs to bow to Buckbeak first, and that if he bows back, then he can go approach him. Buckbeak takes his time to bow back to Harry, but eventually lowers his front legs and head and lets Harry pet his beak. Hagrid is delighted and has Harry even ride Buckbeak's back for a short flight around the paddock. Now all the other students are eager to try too. When Buckbeak also bows to Draco, he starts complaining how dull and easy all of this is and insults the Hippogriff as a great ugly brute. It all happens in the blink of an eye. 
Buckbeak attacks Malfoy and slashes his arm with his talons. Hagrid pulls Buckbeak away from Malfoy and carries Draco up to the hospital wing immediately. Shaken, the students make their way back up to the castle. Slytherins are already demanding for Hagrid's termination. Back in the Gryffindor common room, Ron, Hermione, and Harry get started on their Transfiguration homework. But when Harry spots a light in Hagrid's hut, the three tiptoe back downstairs and outside across the grounds to see if he's okay. Hagrid clearly has been drinking quite a bit and reckons that he might be fired soon. He tells the trio that Madame Pomfrey was able to fix Malfoy's arm, but that Draco claims he's still in pain. The kids encourage Hagrid by telling him that it's Malfoy's fault. He wasn't listening, and they'll back him up in front of Dumbledore. After Hagrid sticks his head in a large water barrel to refresh his mind, he suddenly realizes that Harry, Ron, and Hermione are visiting him at a very late hour. He gets angry and shouts at them to not come again after dark. He wouldn't be worth the risk. Promptly, he takes the three back up to the castle. I really like this chapter, and I'm not just saying this because I like every chapter and I just love Harry Potter. Uh Uh-huh. But the next, this isn't the next chapter. We get a lot of classes. Most Harry Potter fans always say, I love when we see daily life at Hogwarts, them Mm -hmm. taking classes, bickering with the Slytherins or helping each other out or having a fun class like in chapter seven. Yeah. DADA class. Right. And today, that's the first time they take their new subjects. Yes. Divination and care of magical creatures. Yeah, big day. Mm -hmm. Big day, actually. And I really do like this chapter as well because it is one of the, um, it's one of those lessons that when you look at it, I think, I think people say of of Trelawney, like, ah, she's a fraud, you know, and and this is kind of a joke and we kind of lean into what Hermione says a little bit, but the class is actually really fun. It's a little spooky. It's a little, like by the end of it, they're, they're spooked and scared. Uh, you, you would almost think you got more of that excitement in your Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Like you'd be <laughs> yeah. covering something there that made you a little bit like, oh man, this class is like scary uh-huh. or whatever. But Divination Trelawney puts on a show. Yeah. An absolute show and she is great at it. And, I, and, and it's really not all for show, which we're going to talk about. We're even going to have a little follow-up episode to this yeah. where in which we talk about all of her 20 yeah. plus, 20 plus predictions did you know that? I mean, you have me convinced. I think she does have the inner eye. And I think uh, that McGonagall might be just like Hermione. Uh-huh. Maybe she's not very good at it. And she's like, yeah, that's BS. Yeah. <clears throat> and unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, Dumbledore kind of says it too. Like, you know, there's this bit of her that um, is really important in terms of she kind of slips into this trance-like state where she makes really big epic sort of predictions. Right. But on the fly, her inner eye is open and she is calling stuff out as she sees it. I think if you, and we're just going to dive right into the meat of this because that's just really where I want to go. The only, at the the beginning, we really just have a little bit of sympathy here from George and Fred for Harry. Right. In terms of the Dementor teasing and all the stuff that's going on there. They kind of tell him, yeah, Malfoy didn't look so happy when the Dementor. He almost wet himself. So he's, (laughs) he sees good. Uh, And then they said, hey, just wait till we get out there to the, uh, to the pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Once we get out there on the. Quidditch pitch, we're going we're gonna to have at him. Um, and then we do want to talk, I guess. So hold on. Let me just back up a second. Let's okay. not dive all the way into to, to the Trelawney goodness. I'll get there. So table that for a second because mm-hmm. I forgot about our good friend. Sir Cadogan. Sir Cadogan. Yes. Who is awesome, yeah. actually. And you forget <laughs> about this guy. I think I did a little short where I said, what are five you know book characters that you'd like to see? Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. Sir Cadogan is one of them. He, he steps in later for the for the fat lady. He'll take over guarding yeah. that uh, the entry to Gryffindor Tower. But right now he's at North Tower 
and leading the, right. leading the charge over here. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's running around doing all sorts of uh, things, going from portrait to portrait, and I did not know how cool he is. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about how cool he is, I think, right, in an EEE edition. Yes, we'll have an EEE, an extendable ear edition mm. uh, later about Sir Cadogan. And he, in fact, was one of the knights of the round table. Yeah. Crazy. So <laughs> leave you with that, and that's yeah. And yeah. in this, I mean, in this chapter, they meet him for the first time, and it's kind of ridiculous. He uh, fell off his fat pony. Yeah. And he he seems like a ridiculous character, and I was like, sounds like Ez is gonna like him because he's a little bit like Lockhart, a little bit like he's over the top. He's very loud, very over the over the top, but he doesn't seem as skilled as he th- might think he is. <laughs> yes, he might think he is right. Exactly. Um, However. He is helping them out. They're yeah. lost. They're trying to find this new classroom somewhere in the North Tower. They've never really been there. And they feel like they're lost. They don't know really where to go. And Harry's like, hey, can you help us? And he's like, of course. A Absolutely. Quest. A quest. Let's go. <laughs> Count when, me in. When you first meet him, he's just like, get back, you scurvy braggart. <laughs> right? Back, you rogue. Mm-hmm. He's nuts. And he's got this massive sword. He's swinging it around. And just the way he talks is, is really... It was really cool, but yeah, we're looking for the North Tower. Uh, do you know which way to go? A quest, right? And then, mm-hmm. uh, come, follow me, dear friends, and we shall find our goal, or else shall perish bravely in the charge. <laughs> Nuts. Right. He is a nut job, and I love it. So, but yes, and it's quite a ways. Uh, puffing loudly, Harry and Ron, Hermione climbed the tightly spiraled steps, getting dizzier and dizzier until at last they heard the murmuring of voices above them. And they knew they had reached the classroom. Farewell, cried the knight. Uh, so I really like that they've never been here. Yeah. And it's yep. a part of, like, as you go through the series, you find new passageways, secrets, Hogsmeade, the Shrieking Shack. I mean, this now is the North Tower. Yeah. So love it. So it's one, of the, it's one of the things I think people like about Hogwarts Legacy, the video game right now, mm-hmm. is that you can go around and explore and go on the grounds and just see all sorts of really cool let's stuff. Let's play it later tonight. Yeah, let's do that. I would I would love to. Um, but as we get into divination, um, where I was going is that I think people forget Trelawney on the fly is just calling out stuff, as I said earlier, with mm-hmm. her inner eye. And it's like she's moving from Neville to the next student, from that student back to this student, over to Harry, and quickly as she's reading the room let's put it like that yeah. there's there's numerous students in there numerous impressions that are that are just popping off of them and this is a sort of get to know you with the class so she's gathering all of this very 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 quickly so the data is flowing yeah. through her <laughs> inner eye to her mm-hmm. whether she's categorizing it appropriately or correctly with mm-hmm. each of the corresponding students is another question i think it, like how well is she getting something from Neville, and then and then understanding that like as she as she moves on to another student, that some of what she got from Neville is still lingering on to the next student that she goes to try to interpret. Right? Was yeah. there more there? So it gets a little bit muddy, just because of I think of, of how well she can. Uh, like yeah we we talk about her eyes being magnified and she has these big old glasses or whatever <laughs> her inner eye i think sees so much yeah yeah i think it's the the opposite of what mcgonagall and these other 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 people see they make fun mm-hmm. of her and mm-hmm. and stuff but like so many little things become true 
Yeah. Right? I mean, even oh, what Ron do. does, like, like like Ron reading some of the tea leaves, he can read the tea leaves and it actually turns out to be true. You can read the palm and then it's going to give you some clues or some answers. Yes. Okay. Like, can, I, can, can we talk about something? Yes. How she opens the class though, saying mm, very few have the inner eye. And I have a problem with that as a teacher. Yeah. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. why would you, I mean, it's cool. The way that you enter the classroom and everything looks like an old-fashioned tea shop, right? You have all these small circular tables and poofs. <laughs> yeah. And armchairs and everything smells funny, like scented candles or some something is Incense. brewing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, she's brewing something over the fire and, and you you can imagine there's a lot of mist and, and smells going on up there. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's entering a fortune teller's tent, right? That's how yes. you would imagine it. For sure. And she gives like a little demonstration by throwing out all these predictions. But she says that not a lot of people are able to do that. And then she is almost contradicting then to move on to something like reading the tea leaves or reading a crystal ball or what was it? I think something about fire. Mm-hmm. She, she she talks about the syllabus here. And she talks about like, like palmistry, right? Right. And so. those are all things you can look at tea leaves interpret the shape and then look up the shapes and the meaning in the book Mm -hmm. so that's something everybody could do and could be trained to do i want to claim yeah 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 so i just don't understand why she would say very few are going to get this subject yeah or or they can't progress maybe as far as they would like i kind of think she Mm -hmm. does it because she has been made fun of Mm -hmm. i think for years before dumbledore picked her up she was made fun of, and, and that's just a thing. It seems to be a branch of magic that is often uh, looked it down upon. Yeah. And so if you're in it and you're <clears throat> not a lot of people do it or understand it or validate what you're doing, then you you kind of want to be like, well, maybe it's just that I'm special and you're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, mean, I hate to say that, but that could be a oh, part yeah. of it because she's honestly like mocked by some of the staff and then later some of the students don't believe what she's saying and it's like well, hold on a second she made like the chosen one prophecy this whole thing is set up because of <laughs> professor trelawney she's and quite important quite important <laughs> and then for people to come in and just and she makes another massive one in this book about uh scabbers right about peter pettigrew later on she yeah. makes a huge one yeah so i just i think it's it's sort of a defense mechanism it's just it's a She's she's opening with this because some of you are going to make fun of it. You're not going to get it. You're mm-hmm. not going to, uh, or maybe you're already coming in with that preconceived idea. Right. I don't know. But it is not a great way. I think she should be more, I think it shows how she is not as confident in her ability as she could be or should be. And mm-hmm. instead of, it's it's more of a facade that she puts up. Yeah with the other teachers and staff versus saying, yeah, I'm not all knowing. I can't see and predict everything because when she comes down for the Christmas dinner later on, like um, she was saying how wonderful it is to see everybody. And I didn't know you would be here and stuff. And then McGonagall's sort of like, how did you not know? Yeah. And so like, okay, McGonagall, you don't, she doesn't know every single thing that is going to happen to every single person around the world, et cetera. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
We're going to talk about her predictions and then our theories where we might see them come true. In a yeah. Second. Okay. I just want to say that in general, when I imagine entering this class and then her talking about the schedule or the, the syllabus, she's like, we will be covering the basic methods of divination this year. The first term will be devoted to reading the tea leaves. Next term, we shall progress to palmistry. By the way, my dear. And then she talks about, oh yeah, to Parvati. In the second term... We shall progress to the crystal ball if we have finished with fire omens, that is. Unfortunately, classes will be disrupted in February by a nasty bout of flu. So, I mean, I would be excited, honestly. And even the first lesson, everyone talks about how awesome Lupin's lesson was because it was a practical lesson right away. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so does Trelawney, though. They get to the tea leaves right away and they get to practice, interpret what they see Mm -hmm. for their partner. And I think, like, imagining... Me and my best high school friend, Julia, um, or Manya, or someone. Yeah. And, and we would sit there together on one of those tables and read each other's future. Yeah. That'd be so That'd be fun. Awesome. I right. mean. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I've actually, here's a crazy thing for anybody out there who's done this. I've had a, what's it called? Like a soul reading, like a soul contract reading wow. at one point. Yeah, just somewhat. It, all it is. Soul contract reading? <laughs> yeah. It's this idea that you, before you entered the world, you kind of went in with an an agreement as to what you were going to experience and work on and try to improve upon in this lifetime. Yes. When when have you? You don't know it. It's sort of pre you coming into it, and then that's sort of what you signed up for, right? And then as you come into the world, you figure it out. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, it is actually. It's it's it's, some of you are like, as it's real, but um, I was fascinated by it, and I was like, sure, okay, yeah, go ahead and do one for me. Okay. And they take your they take your name, they take your birth date, they look at when when and where Saturn was, and when and all these different you know uh, where were the planets when you were born and. The whole nine yards and they go through and they interpret some things and sometimes they're, I don't know, they're like channeling sort of okay. um, the the energies and I don't know. It's a little, it's a little hokey, but, but I, I thought it was fun. I think I still have it somewhere in my email. But tell me, what did they say? What was um, your... Some of the things, yeah, I would have to pull it up. I only read a little bit of it because some of it's like numbers and they, um, the only thing I really remember is that there were some things that I was i don't remember something that i was going to go through that i wasn't ready for yet um okay. yeah i have to go figure it out i have to go back and pull, i'll pull it up here while we're while we're when did you have that through. reading how many that was like 2020 ago? oh not too long ago yeah it was on um because i got on, i got on this here's a here's a fun one for you i got on the 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 spiritual side of tiktok <laughs> I, like i started like listening to some of these people talk about like uh I don't know, just meditation and just different different things to kind of awaken your soul and your spirit. Okay. And, uh, yeah, all all those things. And I was like, okay, okay. What are the, what are the? I came across one individual who was talking what sounded to me like complete gibberish. Was using all of the terminology about, and I can't even give you guys what it was necessarily. I don't okay. even know, like. I, it's so foreign to me that I had I just was fascinated by what these people were talking about. And they're all like in the comments talking about different things that made no sense to me. One of the things was like going through your Saturn return. And yeah. that Saturn, you know, where when you're born will appear what, thirty years later mm-hmm. and then it's it's it brings with it this um rebirth, if you will. Like you're going back to that that planet is in a position where it was when you were born. And so that part of your life will go away and then you'll move on to something else. And sometimes it brings with it hardships and, 
you know, the hardship of labor of of uh, being born and whatever. I don't know. It was it was wild. Sorry, just wow. went down a little. Okay, you know, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there's another five of the things I was going to say there, but I can't remember. So yeah, I'll look it up for you guys though. Would you do it again? Uh, it was cool. I mean, everyone has their own like reading. You don't know if this person's just a fraud or if they're just doing it for money or if they're doing. Um, because I think it was like twenty bucks. Okay. To do it, so it wasn't like they were just doing them. Like it's, a, it's like you, you put in your stuff and everything, and then yeah. they, then they give you a bit of a interpretation or whatever. So, I we also had during one of my Zoom hangouts, somebody had uh, what do they call tarot cards, where they would pull yeah, up the cards yeah, and they yeah. would sort of read something about you. Um, once upon a time, I was there was a snowstorm here in the town that we live in, and I was pulling out of this is no joke. I was pulling out of a Chinese restaurant. I had just opened a fortune cookie, <laughs> yeah, uh, which said that you will show compassion to a stranger soon. And I'm pulling out of the parking lot, and to my right is this woman walking through the snow, and had nothing. It was just was walking in, in the general direction that I was turning right, and she was walking in front of me and heading heading down into town. And okay. she, you know, I I just. That I mean, it was a blizzard. What was I doing at the Chinese restaurant? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> basically, I asked her, you know, if, if she wanted, um, if, if she if she needed. Well, she kind of came back and and was like motioning or whatever. She had no jacket, no nothing. And oh, if poor thing, she was an older woman. She was she was older, and oh, she okay. was okay. See now your tone. <laughs> she, yeah, she. I felt really. She was, gosh, uh, 50, 60, 60 year old. And so I was like, okay, get this. She had a deck of cards. No. Yes, huh? I still have it. I still have the card that she pulled for me. Um, she said, she, I, I can't really pay you, but I, it's literally just a couple blocks down and the, and the snow is piling up. So, boom, I gave Whoa. her a ride on down there. I was probably only 20 years old or something. I uh, gave her, and she's like, oh, I can, I can do a reading for you. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And then so we, we pull into where it's at and and uh, she's like, we're just kind of passing. I'm just kind of passing through and my family doesn't have a whole lot and I'm staying with um, my nephew or whatever. And I don't remember who exactly it was, but then she pulled a card for me, and I don't. I got the card somewhere around here. It was some sort of night of, I don't know what it was, night of roses or something like that. Okay. And it was, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was an interesting card, and I thought she put it back in her deck. And then when she got out of the car, um, I pull away. There's the card sitting in the sitting in the chair. She had left the card for me, so I kept it, and thought, wow, that was strange. Yeah. Why that am I kind of cool? It just fits in with this divination sort of predicting yeah. futures Absolutely, and yeah. stuff. I so don't you know. would enjoy, you would think you would enjoy the subject studying divination, yeah. methods of divination. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at Ron in this and I think Ron actually can predict things. I think he's got a more in tune inner eye than clearly Hermione, and that's upsetting for her. But um, even Harry, Harry later on, I think makes a prediction as well, too. Yes, let's talk about all the predictions because I went ahead and, and then kind of underlined all the different predictions okay. we have here. Yeah. Um, let me get this. Okay. First one is when she talks about that divination or having the inner eye is a gift granted to few. And the first one, the first student she addresses is Neville. And he says, is your grandmother well? Mm-hmm. Neville says, I think so. <laughs> She's like, I wouldn't be so sure if I were you, dear. So that is the first prediction we get. Or at least like a notion she has. Yeah, and yeah. we never really get anything about confirmation. Yeah, no, no confirmation. Yeah. Neither that it's false. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. False. Right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like, uh, and people accuse Trelawney of this being super vague and not really... So some of them are specific, but then some are so vague that yeah. People are like, well, you can't well, really... But maybe maybe some things she sees are vague because people haven't made decisions yet, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's almost like I, I think of the uh, the Oracle in The Matrix who basically says to Neo as he walks in, mm-hmm. hey, don't worry about the vase. Oh, yeah. Right? And he's like, what vase? And he turns and, <laughs> yep. and breaks it. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I told you, don't worry about it. And it's yeah. like, what's really going to blow your mind is, uh, would you have broken it? If I wouldn't have said anything, yeah, and that's what's tri- trippy, right? Yeah. So, so now you've got Neville worrying about his grandmother, yeah. uh, or or you've even got like the one that people accuse Trelawney of being false on is the one with Lavender Brown dreading something on the sixteenth of October, right? And it's like, okay, is she dreading the that date now, or yeah. just in, is she is she thinking through like five different things that could happen? Yeah, she's as she, leading into October because now right. she's on on guard for something to happen on that exactly. date. She says, incidentally, that thing you are dreading, it will happen on Friday, the 16th of October. Yeah. To Lavender. And th- later we learn there is something that happened. Her bunny rabbit dies on right. that day. The question is, has she been dreading that? Well, we don't really know. Maybe her bunny has been sick and she's been worried about it. And yeah. then he died. Could be. Could be. Yeah, for sure. So... That um, is kind of vague, like you said. We don't really know, but there something happened. It was not an uneventful day for Lavender, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have any control over her bunny dying that day. So there is something that she saw, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. The next one, or it's it happens before the Lavender prediction is, she talks to Parvati. Yeah, yeah. And she says, beware a red-haired man and there is you discovered two different uh theories on that so either um she got parvati and padma mixed up because they're identical Uh twins (laughs) come on and next year they're gonna go to the ball Uh uh-huh and padma is going with ron and they don't look like they're having a good time so you were like maybe she saw that and um, since they look identical it, it, it you know, blows my mind. It, it really blows my mind that <laughs> people tell. in the fandom are sort of like, well, no, see, there really is no red-haired man associated with uh, Parvati because it's Padma who will go with Ron. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, that's her identical twin sister. So right. if there's some air on Trelawney's part as she's reading and seeing this girl's future, she may see her at a ball, the Yule Ball, where she's miserable, mm-hmm. and she might see her next standing next to her identical twin 
and there is a red-haired man there named Ron Weasley, right, right. right who is, is causing them all to be soured. He's having yeah. a terrible time because of Victor Crumb. Uh, yeah. that, that, to me, is her seeing it and then mixing. I, I imagine that Padma came in later mm-hmm. and she said the same thing. We never get that, but I imagine she says, oh, my dear, Padma, yeah. beware in your future, <laughs> right? Well, same thing. Yeah. And, it's, and it's Ron because they're both standing. They went together, even though... Uh, Parvati doesn't go with Ron. She goes with her sister who goes with Ron and they all go together. Right. So therefore that one's legit to me. Yeah. And it's kind of hilarious how she just scooches her chair away right from, away from, from Ron. Because yeah, yeah. he's like probably the only redhead in the classroom. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So then we have her prediction about the disruption in February where the class is going to suffer from a nasty bout of flu and she herself will lose her voice. Right, right. And eventually, around Easter, one of our number will leave us forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, I said it to you earlier, it's one thing to... If she knew Hermione for a while, maybe she could have predicted, okay, this girl might be leaving the class. But she's never, ever in her life met Hermione before. Yeah. And... Teachers might have talked. She says herself she doesn't go often down to the castle. That's and right. Talks That's right. to people. So there is little information about this girl. And she senses there is not a lot of... Hermione doesn't really believe or trust or has the... Is not very open to the concept of reading the future yeah. or telling the future. Right. For me, there's not really a way to for her to tell... She even gives an exact time frame, Easter is when not around Christmas, mm-hmm. she is going to be in my classroom until Easter. Yes. I foresee her leaving around Easter. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, I could not make a prediction like that, even if no, I was able to. I mean. Right. It's wild. Reading people and their demeanor, and maybe she heard some of the things Hermione said right when they walk into the classroom to Ron and Harry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I'm not so sure about this. But then for her no. really to leave the class? No, it's the same thing. So let's back up just well, I don't know if it's before or after uh, that particular mm-hmm. one. But there's... Um, so everyone was staring, transfixed, at Professor Trelawney, who gave the cup a final turn. Oh, no, no, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's oh, yeah, not that's the later one. when she, she reads Harry's cup. Yeah, that's later on when Neville smashes his second cup. So somewhere oh, wait, after- earlier, she had said that he'll break... After you, oh yeah, yeah, she's like, I shall move among you, helping and instructing. So she gave instructions, and then she says, "Oh, and dear," she caught Neville by the arm as he made to stand up. After you've broken your first cup, would you be so kind and select one of the blue patterned mm-hmm, ones? Mm-hmm. I'm rather attached to the pink. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So there, some people will say, "Well, maybe she knew Neville Longbottom was clumsy." That's an easy one. Like uh-huh. you're saying with Hermione, she doesn't know Hermione. Yeah. And she doesn't know Neville. She yeah. doesn't go down to the teacher's lounge very awesome, uh, right. awesome, <laughs> often. Uh, and she says when they come into the room, she's like, so good to see you in the physical world. Yeah. Right. So maybe she has. And it's like, well, she's seeing some of them um, in her inner eye Ooh, or whatever beforehand. You think possibly. she kind of checked out the class in the future, like her future third year class? Could have. Could have. She kind of beforehand. She kind of insinuates that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but cool. the, the, the the point is that she doesn't know these kids that well. And there's so many different third years you know, like coming in or whatever that it's, okay, Where I mean, you don't know them all. Right. And 
You've also got a she has other students as well from in, in, in other later years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to me, I just feel like these are all legit. Yeah. So. Like we said, a lot of them there could be some people say, okay, there could be a connection and you could find something. But for that, I don't think they're vague enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, yeah. when sometimes you read your horoscope and it says something about some kind of trial mm-hmm. is approaching and yet, yet you can find something, go through the things that you experience throughout the day or week or month right. and you will find something that fits that description. Yeah. But hers are not as vague as those horoscopes. Right. No, in the, my opinion. there's, there's enough that are really specific and yeah. really yep. tied to a time and, and they're bound by a time frame that you're like, well, that freaking comes true. Yeah. And then you've got some that are super vague, like with, with uh, Umbridge, you're in grave danger. Right. But I think she is, that's clouding her in her eye. Just the presence of Umbridge and her nervousness. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's a factor that, I mean, I get nervous and sometimes I don't remember stuff that I would normally be able to tell you. Right, yeah. She's stuttering through that, trying. Yeah. She knows her job's on the line. She's heard some of the yeah. the things with Umbridge, so that she's she's wading through. And that's what I mean. I think a lot of times she is, any teacher who's been teaching for years, still you have a new class coming in and it's time to go at it. And you, right. y- there may be some nervousness or whatever. And she knows that some of them are going to already coming in with the idea that she's a fraud. Right. So maybe she mixes a few things up here and there, but some of these things are really good. Mm-hmm. Right. Really spot on. Yeah. Um, I guess as we as we dig in here, we we'll dig into the grim a little bit. But because um, Ron starts looking, they start examining each other's tea leaves. Oh, right? yeah. Let's talk about what Ron says. And you said uh, a lot of them become true, too. And we don't know how accurate his predictions are because he's kind of like, oh, this looks like a blob, uh, like a bowler head hat. And that because he doesn't even look into the book. Yeah. He just thinks immediately of Cornelius Fudge and says, oh, you could maybe work at the Ministry, Ministry of Magic. One day. But he does. He does. <laughs> Harry, Harry does. does work for the Ministry later. Right. Um, and then he said a windfall, unexpected gold. And we learn, yep, Harry will win unexpected gold in the Triwizard Tournament next year. Yep, yep, exactly. And the third one is, oh, was there a third one that Ron makes? Oh, and then he goes on to the animal and then Trelawney steps in, but... Harry says to Ron before Ron interprets that he's going to have trials. Trials and suffering. And suffer, but he's going to so be happy way, about it. Yeah, he yeah. says, he says, um, right, you've got a crooked sort of cross. He consulted the unfogging uh, the future. That means you're going to have trials and suffering. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I mean, just a quick little, <laughs> sorry, Harry. Sorry, man. But it's what it says, trials and suffering. Yeah. Uh, but there's a thing that could be the sun. Hang on, that means great happiness. So you're going to suffer, but be very happy. Uh, Harry, or then, uh, so yeah, you need your inner eye tested, if you ask me, said Ron. Oh, wait, was that Harry reading? Yeah, it? Harry was sorry, reading sorry, Ron's sorry. sleeves. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad, got mm-hmm. it backwards. Um, but yeah, and Ron, so that's actually funny that Ron says, <laughs> you need your inner eye tested, if you ask me. Yeah. So let me think about that. Trials and suffering, but you're going to be happy well, about it. I mean, it still fits. It's vague enough. It <laughs> marrying Hermione is probably not easy, but he's happy about it. Well, I mean, he goes through all this. St- I mean, he goes through everything with with Harry, right? Yeah. He goes through all those different things, and then actually, he goes through a trial in the very next book Ooh, where he and in, even in this book, yeah, because his trial and suffering is he loses his pet rat Scabbers, but in the end, he's going to be happy about it because yeah. he, who? Do, I mean, he doesn't want to be 
with Peter Pettigrew, a murderer no. No. in his pocket, you know. No, but then think even next year when Harry puts his name in the Goblet of Fire. I mean, yeah. he doesn't, but Ron thinks right. he does, you know, so trials and suffering. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, this is where you, here we go. My, my turn, Ron says, right? And he mm-hmm. peers into his. Uh, there's a blob, a bit like a bowler hat, he said. Maybe you're going to work for the Ministry of Magic. Turns it out the other way. Uh, an acorn. What's that? He scanned the copy. Boom. A windfall. Unexpected gold. Uh, excellent. You can lend me some. And then there's a <laughs> there's a thin here. He turned the cup again. That looks like an animal, like a thin line. Uh, yeah. If that if that was its head, it looks like a hippo. No, a sheep. And then boom. Trelawney intervenes, and we have. Let me see that, my dear. The falcon, though. Right? Don't forget, oh, yeah. we always mention the Grim, but I mean... There is the Falcon, and then there is also the Club. So we have the Falcon, which is a sign for mm-hmm. a deadly enemy, and Hermione is like, duh. duh. Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> we all know but, that. Come on, though. I mean, that if that's in the... Okay, it'd be odd if that wasn't in the cup, right. Hermione. Right. You know what I mean? It'd be yeah. odd if there weren't things surrounding Voldemort. Mm-hmm. So it's confirmation that, yeah, this kind of works a little right. bit. But you're like, well, it's obvious. No, I mean, Ron's also pointing out things that actually do come. He's seeing things out of this very cup that do come true later on. So, yeah, there's that. Um, She sees a club, which means an attack, and then the skull, danger in your path. So that's kind of vague, an an attack, danger, and the enemy, which is all kind of true for Harry, as we know. Right, right. And then she freaks out. She screams because she turns the cup and it's the Graham. The Grim. The Grim. And Neville smashes his second cup. Teacup. Right. Which she predicted. So <laughs> I mean, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I just I love it. I'm just I can't I anybody who wants to fight me on this, let's go. You know? Oh, we should have a discussion about that. Let's with, have a debate. Uh, some let's have a debate. Oppose with an opposition from Maybe another podcast. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the dog on the cover of Death Omens and Flourishing Blots, right? The dog in the shadows of Magnolia Crescent. Uh, Lavender Brown clapped her hands over her mouth. So the Grim is known by others in the class. Like it's it's well known yes. in, in the Wizarding world. Yeah. So right? I guess the question is not anymore was Sirius there, and then people saw him, and something happened to them, and this is now the Grim. Mm-mm. But the Grim existed before that. And I think even Ron talks about Grimms in general. Yeah. And question still is, why did Sirius's Animagus um, become the Grim? That's kind of crazy to think about. I've never thought about this before. Yeah. I mean, it's just a big crazy. black dog, right? But it looks exactly like the Grim. And it's a large dog, like... Yeah, well, it's also you're putting to maybe the Grim mm. does look a little. If you actually, what's his Uncle Billius or yeah. whatever? <laughs> Ron's Uncle Billius. Right, he yeah. sees one. I mean, this is the guy who was pulling flowers out of you know where. I mean, that was <laughs> that you told me that, and I was like, wow, okay. He's a wild, a wild Weasley, and uh, yeah. So, so he saw the Grim and died. Um, yep. Apparently. Yep. But is it just superstition? Is it just? According to her mining, it is. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. or is there something more to it? It's well, it's one of those mm-hmm. things. We have things in our, our world that are like superstitions and things that uh, like unlucky things that we won't do still to this day. And we then something mm-hmm. will happen and we correlate that back to the unlucky thing that we did. We broke a mirror, walked under a ladder. Right. Whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting, though. And um, with that. Trelawney kind of closes the lesson. She's like, "Okay, done. We're done. We're done <laughs> for today." 
And, but everyone keeps talking about just like about the DADA lesson. The whole class keeps talking about it, I guess, on the way out. And then they go to lunch. Mm-hmm. No, wait, they go to Transfiguration first. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They have Transfiguration next. And no one's paying attention. Right, and when she transforms. McGonagall's like, um, I mean, not that it matters, guys. But right. normally I get like applause from my students when I turn into a cat and back. Yeah. It's like, not that it matters. But. Yeah, but... Uh, five points from each of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she can sense the class is still thinking about divination and or, or knows that something's up. And Hermione just needs to mention we had our first divination class and we were reading the tea leaves and she's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Who died this? Who, who's supposed to die this time? So it seems to be a reoccurring thing, but let me hear your theory about this. Yeah, so uh, this is the dismissal by uh, McGonagall that yeah. for 12 or however many years it's been, mm-hmm. 13 years, however long she's been employed, yeah. that once a year, how does she say it exactly? Um, let's see. You should then know that Sybil Trelawney has predicted the death of one student a year since she arrived okay. at this school. So one student, that would be like a batch. I forget how many years it is exactly. So 12, it doesn't 13, have to 14. be a new third year class. It could be the seventh year even yeah. student. Yeah, it's yeah. just an, one student a year. Okay. Right. So I think if you go and you try to figure out like who those students were, what would their age be? Would mm-hmm. some of them be in the Order of the Phoenix? Did some of them... Fight in the Battle of Hogwarts? Fight in the Battle of Hogwarts. Flat out. That's exactly what I'm talking about. McGonagall says none of them has died yet. And... and she could have said, and none of them has died. But, but she says yet. yet. And th- you throw the word yet in there just yeah. because it's like, that's the author kind of saying, yeah. yeah, wink, wink. I mean, yeah. doesn't mean she's wrong. And so you want to cast enough sort of doubt on Trelawney, but at the same time, do some things that make it, because you don't want it to be obvious. You don't want her to no. be able to be, you actually want to think, the, 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 the cleverness in this is that we, we believe she's a fraud. Right. We find out that Dumbledore is keeping her safe there, mm-hmm. uh, that this is what, you know, Snape overheard this prophecy, went to Voldemort, told him Harry is then marked. That's why Lily is in danger. Severus yeah. is upset with that, goes back to Dumbledore. They hide the Potters. It's all because of Professor Trelawney. And then Trelawney is there because there's some connection. She is a a, a seer right. who has been given this prophecy given this mm-hmm. site given so maybe more is coming and sure enough we'll get in this book more predictions about the dark lord right and you're like all right all right so i i maybe it but you know you know how dumbledore is a little bit of a gray character sometimes yeah. it it benefits i think he plays into this whole thing of trelawney being a fraud because it keeps trelawney safe, safe. oh that so, is also an interesting theory yeah um, and, and, and yeah, I just don't think it, he lets anybody in on that mm-hmm. secret, really. Mm-hmm. So Snape knows, perhaps. But uh, and, and again, McGonagall may be, uh, yeah, just le- outside of Trelawney may just think that divination is not all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. And is not something that we should because give a lot of weight. She might have come across other people who claim to be seers and they yeah. didn't really know how to do it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it just seems it's one of those things where looking in your, in, into your future and wanting to know how to change things and all that kind of stuff. Where I think McGonagall values like hard work. Yeah, get get your hands dirty, get down, and let's get after it. Uh, right. Get in the books, dig in, write your essays, work on Transfiguration, and move forward. Yeah, you can see that she and Hermione are on the same page when it comes to divination. 
Hermione feels like she's getting confirmation from McGonagall that divination is not a subject to be taken seriously. Okay. So, but like you said, the deaths or students' deaths she has been predicting, we don't really know who she's predicted that future for. Mm -hmm. So you go back and you wonder, what if she told Fred? Sure. What if she... Tonks. Tonks, you said. Yeah. We don't really know. Right there's two, though. Right there's two that very well could. There's a lot of students who unfortunately didn't make it Mm -hmm. in the -hmm. Battle of Hogwarts. Yep, yep. So... People have said she might have predicted the battle itself. Right. And then when things are going on in the Deathly Hallows, like there's other people going missing. There, there's there's a few things here and there. There's still uh, people being killed. The ministry is being attacked. So mm-hmm. who knows how some of those people were working where? We don't we don't really know what happened to their, who they were. And I just think that it's interesting that she says yet. And I think that the, mm-hmm. the kids yeah. that she made those predictions for uh, weren't just chosen at random. Right. I don't. I don't really see Trelawney doing that. I don't, I don't see her studying these kids, and I think she believes in herself a, a little mm-hmm. bit. There's doubt because of everyone else, but I think she really thinks she has this inner eye and that she can see things, and she's descended no, from I this line yeah. of seers. Yes. So, and that's a fact too. She is a descendant of the great Cassandra yeah, Trelawney. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as they move on, as you said, we we get to we'll go to care of magical creatures here in just a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ron is the one who, after that class, he's still a little bit put out about yeah. it. And Hermione is is slamming her her book down, and Ron felt like he was doing okay in the class. And Hermione's it's something he yeah. can kind of have a leg up on her, if you will. Right. And she immediately doesn't like it because, you know, it's That's a actually of, a really good point. Because yeah. Ron is not doing too bad in this class and it's kind of fun and you don't have to know a book in and out Mm -hmm. you can kind of have a try at it right and hermione is a little mad at it it says he hit a nerve because she doesn't seem to have the inner eye actually trelawney specifically pointed it out that she does Mm -hmm. not have the aura yeah to be a seer and she's like Okay, I'm out. Although there are still things you can learn in the classic tools. To, like exactly, re- yeah. Reading the stars, reading, like knowing something about planets and understanding the tea leaves yes. and, and looking those things up in a book that will guide you to help you maybe as you're planning something out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there are things that you could use books and resources for, but that will only take you so far. And and really yes. her point was that to, to mm-hmm. go further with this and it, it's it's to be open to things beyond the book right so Mm -hmm. yeah yep so they kind of still discuss it at lunch and then ron and hermione are mad at each other because they have different opinions about divination and also about harry's safety because hermione all thinks it's all just a hoax and harry doesn't need to worry about anything really i mean except for black really being on the run and looking for him and ron freaks out because harry tells him he actually has seen a big large black dog in the uh, during the summer yeah could you imagine <laughs> being ron going what <gasps> what yeah. you that'd be you... crazy i think it is crazy that <laughs> you nuts. just learned about it and trelawney didn't know that harry met the grim heck no during the summer heck no. so it is kind of crazy to think about it um, right right and then they slowly make their way down to hagrid's hut 
And Harry realizes, oh, that's Malfoy. So we, we, it seems like we're having this class with the Slytherins. Let's Yay. go. Because he was really looking forward to it and hoping Hagrid will do well. And now there's Malfoy already going into class with the mindset of, I'm going to try my best to kick this teacher out because we don't yeah. like Hagrid. He's a halfling. He's always drunk and <laughs> well yeah, <laughs> which is okay. kind of true what are you trying to make you trying to make draco's case for him here what's going on <laughs> Sorry. You, uh, wow you backing old malfoy up wow <laughs> i mean really though let's <laughs> no. he's got a bit of a drinking problem it's been <laughs> no. there for a while we'll see it at christmas and it'll come and go yeah anyway no they, they do this is a he's so pumped about yeah. this lesson oh, and it's it, yeah he's, it's exciting it's uh, right he says he's been up till five in the morning to plan this lesson. It just breaks my heart that it ends the way it ends. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think if you're, if you know a teacher or if you can imagine being a teacher, getting ready for your first class ever and having your new students coming in there, you do want to make it just oh, a knockout sure. lesson. Yes. And you're, and you're, you're pumped. You want them leaving there going like, that was cool. Right. Really learned something. or really got something from that. And you get them fired up and inspired or whatever. Because it's your topic, it's your subject, you're passionate yeah. about it, yeah. that's why you got into teaching it, so, right. you know, we're off and running, and it's, yeah, it's just And hippogriffs that. are cool creatures. Oh, it, Maybe not for the very first, I mean, if you imagine, it, that's their very first class. The only thing is mm -hmm. that Hagrid just is so trusting of... The beasts. The beasts. Mm -hmm more like he needed he needs to have a bit more um like they should have been behind a fence line you know they should have been yeah there should have been more safeties yeah if there's too much there's too many moving pieces in the lesson right. right kids are unsupervised if you will and he's not able to keep it keep an eye on everything oh i can tell you as a former pe teacher yeah if yeah right lessons right. can get crazy if you let the kids do a lot on their own without Mm -hmm. proper like step by step this is what we're gonna do yeah exactly and they don't you can you can tell them and this is what we learn here malfoy and his buddies they're not even listening when he says do not ever insult a hippogriff mm -hmm. it's yeah. not funny they won't think it's funny they'll attack you bottom line is you can tell students as much as you want to be careful and <laughs> they don't listen a lot of times right exactly exactly so the difference is when you see um lupin's lesson He's got them one by one right. approaching this dangerous Bogart, which we'll see yeah. later. We'll talk about that next chapter. But and, and here Hagrid starts off that way. Mm -hmm. One by one, we're going to be doing this. But he just sort of lets his guard down yeah. and doesn't anticipate the troublemaker. Right. Even though he knows Malfoy, he knows mm -hmm. he's a troublemaker. He doesn't he doesn't see that. And he mm -hmm. kind of uh, just trusts that they're going to be so engaged in this lesson that no one's going to try to make trouble and spoil this this good thing. But that's what kids do. They want to test the boundaries and they want to see how far they right. can push stuff. Uh, and you just, as soon as you see it, you gotta, you gotta pop in there and, and, and get after exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So I will say that old boy Hagrid had his inner eye open because he did predict that someone was going to insult a hippogriff. He did say, if you do this, right. All right. Then you're going to get attacked. True. Malfoy. It's a, it's a very random thing. It's not to really say. a prediction, but it's just, he does. No, but you're right. Because would you say don't insult that cat or that dog? Like, why, why would you say that? It's not something people would necessarily do, like insulting. Yeah. I guess. Like, don't bother it or don't, po I don't know, poke it. Yeah, well, yeah the fact that he's, it's almost like he gave Malfoy the idea, really. Yeah. He did, oh, I'm going to see if that yeah. really is. It's this guy telling us the truth. I'm going to go up there and just insult right. this thing, and then then we're in trouble. And so. they, I feel like they are intimidating. 
Yeah. When you first see them, because no one wants well, to come closer. Let's be honest. Uh, most of us who are not around horses, when we walk up to a yeah, massive horses horse, are intimidating. Huge. For sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you these know? have sharp beaks and sharp talons. You're right. Exactly. So, yeah, the class is very hesitant. But Harry steps up because Harry's a good kid, mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. friend. He sees Hagrid a li- struggling a little bit because of Malfoy's remark about the monster book of monsters. No one mm-hmm. knew how to open it, and they attacked the students. Like, what a silly idea. Yeah. And Hagrid's yeah. like, oh, I thought it was funny. Yeah. And then he struggles a little bit, and Harry just tries to help him out. He wants his first lesson to be a success. Right. He steps right. up, and he's like, I'm going to try it. Everyone, every teacher loves those students who steps up and says, I- I'm just going to do it. Like, right. Thank you. Yeah, you're like, thank goodness. <laughs> Here's a question. Yeah. Is there a, is there a hippogriff <gasps> wand core? I'm just wondering, like as with its Feather. feathers or whether, you know. Don't like, know, yeah. but I just had another theory. Okay. That plays into all your theories because now that you figured that out, that one thing. Okay, what? Yeah. Okay. Um... Um, Buckbeak when Harry bows down Buckbeak is also a little hesitant and he's not bowing right away what if Buckbeak also senses the bit of Voldemort's soul not to be trusted <gasps> in Harry and that's why he's waiting so long to bow to Harry yeah why was the bow not more automatic holy cricket <laughs> That's a good one. That's a that's a good seven second short we can do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. It's probably a little too much to read into because. Yeah. No, I really think I think it's I think it's interesting for sure. So. They definitely don't, but I guess the bowing is more they have respect for them. So Buckbeak sh- Buckbeak shows respect for Malfoy as well, S- but one of the hippogriffs. There's like a lot of them, and Neville tries. <laughs> his luck with one of them and Aww. it's not going to bow. Oh. But does it does Buckbeak sense the soul in Harry? I guess it's soul yeah. and, and does not trust it or does not respect it. Right. I think it's a good I think it's a really <laughs> It's just a theory. <laughs> no, I think it's really cool. I think it's a really good one. Actually. And then last minute he sees oh just just you know some kind of piece of another soul and this is actually mm-hmm. the soul. Well, because they're magical body. they're magical beings and you yeah. wonder like what it is that they're sensing and connecting right. like what what causes them how do they evaluate the person in front of them and, and whether they're they say even horses real horses have a certain they can sense your nervousness or or dogs oh, can okay. sense your nervousness and that's why they say stay calm yeah even if you're a little afraid right don't right. let them know basically huh okay yeah. and wow. very interesting so to get to right to the point, Malfoy, yeah. uh, he's he's a piece of work, absolute oh, yeah. piece of work. Well, he's he's Harry's flying on the back of of Buckbeak for a second around the paddock, and everyone's cheering. And although he does have a moment of absolute panic, that I it's not funny. You know, we shouldn't laugh at people when this yeah. happens. But he's like, I'm dying, I'm dying. Look at me, it's killed me. <laughs> it's it's killed me, I mean, right? As in, like, it's over. I am actually so dramatic. He was really dramatic. Although it was probably, he probably did think, like, oh my gosh, because Hagrid said it'll be the last thing that you do. <laughs> True. So what does that mean? I mean, well, he wasn't I, listening though. Maybe he caught just a kind of word of it or so. Yeah. And, and you think? No, he was deadly afraid. Yeah, that moment. he's definitely been. Um, he got cut up there. And then, I mean, Hagrid though, 
he carries him up all the way to the hospital wing. And I thought it was kind of sweet that he, I mean, he's a teacher. He needs, he has to take care of his student, but like, can and you I, imagine just Malfoy being carried by Hagrid and they're having a moment? Yeah. I really didn't like how in the film that, you know, Hermione steps in and says like, oh Hagrid, yeah, as if Hagrid didn't know He what needs to, to be do. taken no, yeah. to the, it's like, no, stop. Come on. Yeah. That's no, he, Hagrid is on it right far. away. It's just Hermione who's holding the gate open yeah. for Hagrid to proceed to the right. castle because i i don't like I, I i want hermione has tons of time to shine she's wonderful she's one of my favorite characters in the yeah. series uh but hagrid is too and yes. i just i like the way that it's done here where he's just sort of like nope my mistake yeah. boom on it yeah. let's get after it and then and then he's just he's deep in his cups later that night oh, uh, yeah. when they when they see him so they go back up to the tower and everything yeah. and then they they see a light on in his in his place, and they sneak out to. Um, yeah, they just want to make sure he's okay because yeah. they're worried that he's going to get fired. I mean, that was really they know it's really bad for your first lesson. A student gets injured, even though the injury can be mended real quick. But yeah, I sometimes think about those chemistry teachers who I see doing experiments, or <laughs> yeah. We, so at the high school, we have a lot mm. more dangerous things, air quote mm. dangerous things that can happen. Like we have wood shop where yeah. kids have been oh, cut yeah. and stuff oh. and, and hurt. Uh, we have um, chemistry class. You've got biology when they do the dissections. You've even got, I think we had a sewing and jewelry class where mm-hmm. kids were using um, just a little knife to kind of cut through things and somebody, yeah, you know, cut their finger. Had to get stitches. So, yeah. anyway, just kind of, it sucks to be the teacher who that yeah. happens with and they've all been warned and you, you've got to fill out like paperwork and explain mm-hmm. this and that and it's almost like, is it worth it? Because some of these kids are just messing around and i know yeah like like some it, terrible to say that but i mean i was one of those kids what not really i didn't Aww. want to you know but i mean you know the, like the teacher in chemistry says don't add this and this together i'm like well <laughs> <laughs> don't give me the idea yeah well we shouldn't have said that but yeah. no <laughs> uh what's, what's interesting though is that hagrid does get super mad once they're down there talking and he Goes out, gets his, you know, sticks his head in the in the in the water barrel, and mm-hmm. comes back out a little bit uh, refreshed and sobered up, if you will. Mm-hmm. He stops dead and realizes, oh my gosh, what, what are, are you guys they doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Serious Black. I mean, he's been told, he's been warned, and yeah. so he knows how dangerous this is. Like they're all taking it super serious. So Hagrid was one of the last people who saw Sirius. Yeah, wasn't he? Absolutely. He got the motorcycle from him. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Right. So this is. I, I think it's in that crazy. It's wild. I wonder what he really. Th- what as we go through this, I'm gonna have to think about that more. I mean, like, everyone, he... even Arthur and Molly, who have been friends with Sirius, right? Yeah. They're talking about him like he is a mass murderer, and they can't probably can't believe it. Right, he's in Azkaban. Remus. I mean, it's it's hard to understand really what went down. Like, what does Hagrid looking back now think about Sirius, who was there mm-hmm. that night? Lets him borrow the mm-hmm. motorbike. Weird. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right, so that's pretty much the chapter. Uh, cool stuff with divination, and I think Trelawney's really cool. I have, what we'll do after this is I have a whole list of like 20 predictions. So it goes through the whole series. Okay. We'll talk about, we only really talked about the, the predictions for this mm-hmm. chapter, uh, but we can talk about the rest of the ones for all the book. Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's some in Goblet of Fire and so on. There's, nice. There's a, there's a bunch. I'm excited, yeah. There, some of them are small and, and little. But there's some interesting nuggets in there that I think you guys might like. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about all of Trelawney's predictions in the next episode. Sounds there. good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I would have been really excited for both of those subjects. 
They sound really, really interesting. Oh, yeah. Cool. Would have sucked if Malfoy kind of spoiled the lesson, you know, yeah. but... Like, what else does Hagrid have planned? And then we... Then, no, and he, then, now he goes back to the most boring magical creatures because yeah. he's afraid. I know. So, it's yeah. Gonna be, it's going to be a bummer. But anyways, <laughs> it's okay. We're learning. He's learning. And yeah. I'm just glad he's still a teacher and a professor and he gets through Me it, too. you know. So, yeah. even if it's boring, it's fine. We'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And you, friends, will be all right as well out there. Uh, we wish you the best. Thanks for kind of uh, tuning in with us here and and going back in time, really. I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. for you guys to check out the next episode. I think it's going to be... Please. Uh, but they have some cool ideas that they also gave to uh-huh. us that we can do for patrons and fun crossover stuff with their podcast that I think you're going to like. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that is all for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. Join us in the future. Oh. <laughs> oh. I need to start working on uh, like weaving in some Trelawney stuff now into the <laughs> intro or the outro. I feel like it. that was, I, sh- I should have been on that. Yeah. My inner eye needs checked, you know? Why was I thinking <laughs> ahead? Okay. Uh, we thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that only like babbling, 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 If you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And by the way, I've seen about two to three new reviews over there. Thank you, guys. We had one just last week. Oh. Yeah. And so thank you guys so much. That was really, really cool. And uh, again, we're still moving forward with the giveaway. We're just trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, get folks in there. And actually, I think we'll cap it at some point and we will just give away the first several at some point if we don't get enough, which because I want to give stuff away. I'm yes. that person. It's we, sitting we right it all here, here. And I just want to give it to you guys. So uh, please, if you haven't, even it's just like whatever, you know, you guys are, say, say something, put a period in there and maybe <laughs> the period guy will win the, the, the review. Give us some predictions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. So anyway, uh, leave us that review. Follow over on social media at Fleur and Bill. And if you do enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. You know we appreciate you to Luna and back. On our next reread episode, we're going to have two wonderful, lovely, special guest hosts in the cottage. Megan and Katie from Swish and Flick are joining us for our discussion of Chapter 7, The Bogart in the Wardrobe. As some of you might know, this chapter is very dear to us. It's the magical number seven, and it will be full circle having Meg and Kate with us to talk about Neville, Remus, and conquering one's fears. So definitely make sure to tune back in next time, and until then, have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Oh my gosh, you lied to me. What? You you lied. I said, do you want any berries? And you said... It wasn't a lie back then. Oh my... Fuck you, okay? Treachery. Straight treachery. <laughs> Maybe I pulled a Trelawney and I knew you wanted berries. You know? I'm going to see her. I'm going to see her later, that's for sure. Knox.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.